Hola, mi gente. This is Jackie Nunez for Entertainment Latino on 77 WABC. Today's guest is Mark Rain, and it's a pleasure having him. He's like a jack of all trades, oh, actor, comedian, production, right? A film. Mm-hmm. Filmmaker, uh, well, photographer, filmmaker, photographer, um, um, creative oh engineer. Yes. 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 How are Love you? Love it. Thank you, Jackie Nunez, for having me. Thank you for the introduction. Um, I normally tell a lot of people, you know, I'm just an actor these days, you know. Um, but I did do a lot of those things. Um, I still do once in a while when it makes sense. Um but uh, creative engineer is, is, is the term that Well, really mechanical engineer, then you went to creative engineer? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I like to think that I came up with the term creative engineer. I, didn't, I, didn't, I have never seen it before. What does that mean to you? So it's funny. I was coming up with um, my resume, you know, but the actor's resume looks entirely different, you know, than like maybe the regular workforce uh, resume. And so, long story short, I, you know, I was creating this resume for a, a, a side job that I needed to have, you know, because as, as, as a creative, mm-hmm. a full-time artist in New York City, mm-hmm. you got to figure out how to stay above water, even if it's just your nose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I, it, it was like the section of the resume where you got to come up with, with what you are, you know, the titles. And I was like, man, but like, I can't write actor, photographer, editor, director, you know, all these things. Yes. It kind of felt really long, you know, and so, never ending. Right. right. I mean, never like, ending. You know, as much. Although as, you can have all those attributes or oh, yeah. all those experience. But how do you bring it down? How do you sum it up? You know, right. And so that's what it was. And I was like, well, what, you know, then I have to, I always go to the root of everything. So I was like, well, what am I? Who am I? Right. And it's like, well, I, I used to be a mechanical engineer. I got an associate's in that. Everything was mathematical for me. I was good at math back then, you know. Um, get that from definitely my dad's side. He's an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I made the switch, I was like, well, when I think about what I do, you know, as a filmmaker, as a creative, as a storyteller, you know, I've been involved with so many projects in so many different ways, you know, both in front of the camera and behind and sometimes at the same time, simultaneously, you know, um, having to wear all these hats. And I was like, well, what's an engineer? And I was like, an engineer is a person that just understands this thing and then knows how to make it, right, and solve solve these issues. So I was like, man, I'm a creative engineer. I kind of put, like, my mechanical engineering past and then my creative, and then I was like, I used to be an engineer, and now I'm a creative. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was real simple, creative engineer, you know. But it, I wanted to create a term that, you know, other people can, you know, resonate and, and identify with. And it's really just people that are multifaceted, you know, dynamic people. that You know, in today's industry, you it almost feels like you can't just be an actor. You have to really have a, a sense of self-creating. You have you to know. kind of reinvent yourself, you, you, right? Yeah, you have to be... They're looking for, you know, the... the What do you call it? The... The th- not the three peak when the people the triple threat right the triple they're looking threat, right. like you gotta be a triple threat and then some 
Mm-hmm. Like, you're like the more the merrier. We've seen yeah. we've seen triple threats already. Like, show me the show me something I haven't. Show me seen. The, the I don't know what the four, the five, <laughs> where it is. <laughs> the fearless four, you know, I ferocious don't know. five. I don't know. Um, can you just be a one stop shop? Thank you. <laughs> uh, and and that kind of was where everything start, started for me as an actor coming out of college. You know, I was like, you know, running to auditions, auditions, just trying to get on TV, trying to get on films, just get experience. You did theater. I How did. was that for you? I love theater. Uh, I come well, from Well, you're theater. very dramatic. You know, mm-hmm. I have a thing for the dramatics. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> um, there's nothing realer than live theater. You know, I absolutely love or it. Or what they call the theater of the mind, the well, imagination. It, oh, well, that's... That's our secret power. You're not supposed to talk about it too much. No, I'm kidding. Um, the more imagination you have um, as a person, that can make you a, a, a stronger creative because then you're not limited to these things. You know, the, when you, as a creative, you're going to run into problems, you know, especially when you're self-producing or have an indie project, you know, when you don't have the budget to just where money can right. be the solution, you know, you have to... F- figure out in other ways how can you still tell the story get this message out get these visuals um and then that's where the creative engineer because it's like whoa you know how do i solve this you know um on either side and and so yeah uh i've i got to a place where i i gained all this experience and awareness you know and it was like well how does this help me now as an actor you know, and I kind of had to, I went in towards camera, you know, film TV, kind of left theater. Did you, did you do that first? Did you go into acting first and then into the production end of it? Yeah, yeah. Everything came from acting. Is that something you chose that you wanted to do to you know, encounter all of it? It's not initially. Like, acting was the thing. Um, and then when I realized or started to learn the business a little bit, you know, then it kind of just happened naturally. Um, I remember I was in class and they were like, yeah, you got to pay for self-tapes. And it could be up to $150 depending where you go. And I was like, $150? A, a self-tape? You could do like five self-tapes in a day sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how much wow. you're getting. But even if it's once a, once a week, that's $150 every week you're spending on a self-tape, you know. And so I was like, mm-mm. You know, this is where my engineering mind was like, how do I get around that? You know, um, because money's going to be an issue as, a, mm. as an artist anywhere, uh, especially in New York. And so I I did a job for the military. Actually, it was like a, a, a training video for new sergeants. And it was really cool. They paid me a, you know, a decent amount and I was able to invest in a camera and some lights. I knew nothing about it. Nothing wow. about cameras, nothing about editing. You and know. there's a science to all that. Oh, yes, yes. So uh, that's I, something you have to, you know, learn like little by little because everything has its own science absolutely. to it. Absolutely. And, and and you're only as good as your team. Right, right. My production team here, to me, they're the best. Oh, yeah. Michael, that, Christian. Yes. All the guys, they are great. Absolutely. Gotta love them. You have to. You gotta appreciate and be grateful when you got people that know how to achieve the thing you're trying to achieve. Um, But for a long time in the beginning, it was just me, you know, and I I spent hours 
days. You know, I call it YouTube University. You know, you're getting how to anything <laughs> yep. and you just apply yourself. That's it. You know, I come from the audio world. I, I worked in two major recording studios. So I used to even edit reel to reel. Mm. And we're talking analog days. Mm. Oh, wow. And I love those days oh, because you trained your ear. Yeah. Although I do edit digitally, but there's something about analog, that, that warm sound um, that you don't get on digital, although they are using an analog and dumping right. it into digital, as they say. Right. Uh, so it is easier. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier. Oh, yeah. But there's something about when you trained your ear or you trained yourself, mm-hmm. even in video production 30 years ago, 40 years ago, as opposed to today, there's something about it that teaches you to be more careful. Well, it's it's, it's appreciating the craft of something. Yes, because to me, without that, today wouldn't exist. Right. So, um, again, how did you... I mean, you, you probably learn more everything on the digital end, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was deciding to, you know, indulge myself into the production side of this this world that I wanted to live in, um, I, I had to make that conscious choice, you know, and it was a thing. I was like, am I going to go all the way back now and really try to learn film? Like, I needed to... Hey, man, not for nothing, but we're the real deal. Yeah, no, I mean... We're I, the originals. I, I, I take nothing away from film. <laughs> no, you know, I I, you know, one day want to ultimately experiment with it, but I myself haven't, you know, held a film camera and gone through right. the process of changing out the, you know, the you know ISO. How, you know what a headache I, that was? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I understand it, right? Yeah. I've been a part of projects that have used film, right. um, but I haven't been hands-on. Like, I haven't been in the, in the cutting room, editing, right. like, all that. I appreciate it because that's such a manual experience. Yes, yes. You know. Kind of um, taught you to be more careful. And, and, and Yeah. Because, like, in audio, at least at the old days, once you made that cut, you that wasn't was going back. That was you're right. But right. that's how you trained your ear. Like if I do this, uh-huh. ain't no going back. Uh-huh. Although I didn't know how to retape it. So, but again, once you do it, there's no going back. Yeah, absolutely. So. My approach to it all was: uh, you treat anything like an art, mm-hmm. and you can be good at it. You know, because treating things like an art, no matter what it is, uh, there's an attention to detail there. You know, that even if as a novice, you, you, you know, you may be very careful and achieve something really good because I didn't know how to edit. And so I sat there and I pressed buttons like I was on a spaceship. Like, what does this do? What does this do? You know, and then I said, like I said, you, you know, YouTube, very, very uh, helpful thing. And, you know, how to do this effect, how to do that effect. And I literally would just spend Wow, so time, trial and error. A complete trial and error. Wow. Failure after failure, being honest with my work, yeah. and just really putting the time in to understand what this, what is this camera. You didn't lose patience. I mean, sometimes it was frustrating, but this is the work that I yeah. needed to do to, to do the things that I wanted to do, you know, at least on my own at the time, because I had people, but I was So just when you were out. doing in the production and... Did you say I'm going to go back to acting? <laughs> well, I never, I had never stopped. That was the yeah. thing that I never, I, I almost did everything simultaneously. Um, but it got to a point where I was getting pulled in every direction. You see, because when I took 
photography, I did headshots. I've worked weddings. I mean, all types of events, you know, award ceremonies. I, you know, it, it wasn't enough to just have this camera that was semi-expensive and then say, look, I got this really expensive camera. Click, click. No, no. Right. Anybody who knows photography knows it's not the camera. It's the person holding the camera. It's how you understand how to set this up, exactly. these compositions, all mm-hmm. of that. You know, it's the, the lens you're using. Do you understand the lens you're using? It's a whole you science understand the to sensor it. inside yeah. the camera. You know, mm-hmm. like it was all this. The lighting. Right. And, all that. and sure. so uh, giving it all that appreciation. Uh, and not just being like, I got this cool camera, you know, uh, it was like, but what can it do? And, and what what are the limits? And then experimenting. My whole thing was always, where are the boundaries? And now let me push. Because and that's the, the beauty, I think, of self-teaching or, you know, in, in the process, like I, I self-taught myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that when you go to school, you will learn all the technical things. And, and, and there's the pros that come with going to school. But some of the cons that I've realized in my experience from meeting people that went to school for film or, or, or things like that is that they are taught those boundaries and then they never really push. They just kind of like, well, this is form, this is format, this is protocol, or, you know, whatever word you want to use for these things. It's like, I get it, but we're here to, mm. we're here to bend. I'm here to, I, I'm here to bend. Mm. I'm here to see what else because somebody had to run into a boundary then push to get to this new boundary right like we're in a digital world right you know imagine you know the minds of people that understood the film and then they go what do you mean digital digital what what does that mean mm-hmm. like, it's a new boundary for them you know and, yes, and yes. if somebody's not pushing and bending how do we pr- truly progress Absolutely. um so what is this joke about you being a porno <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? I really wanted to catch you off guard. <laughs> what? What? Where'd you hear that? No, stop. <laughs> what joke is this? Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, there's a joke. I go by, uh, I, I like to tell people, um, there's Magic Mike and then there's Magic Mark, you know, and that's me. But uh, but that's just a joke. I, okay. I, I like to dance and I don't know. It's what about just, this movie, Subpoena? Oh, Subpoena. Oh, my God. I love Subpoena. Shout out to Ramon Passante, a super up-and-coming director, writer, producer. I mean, he's another guy, another creative engineer. Um, And it's a short film, and it's a comedy. Oh, I see the... I see. Now you see the correlation, right? (laughs) I was about to give my secrets away. I was like, she got me. I might as well just, you know, confess. (laughs) Let me stop. (laughs) Um, Subpoena's a short film about a guy who has to go to court to defend himself because he got caught illegally downloading pornography. And um, it is a hilarious film, it loosely based on true events. Not on my life. Um, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but uh, no, uh, and it's, it, you know, I'm so grateful for that project because I actually, long story short, there was another lead actor for that film. And I was just going to play the bailiff. And um, um, the lead actor lost his voice the day before. Oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, this wasn't a situation where they could reschedule. You know, the location was very specific in, 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 the, in the time that we had it, uh, it being a courthouse. And so Ramon then called me and he was like, I just lost my lead actor. Can you do this tomorrow? So wow. I, I, I canceled everything for the rest of the day, and I just learned all the lines. And it was just like, I need to prepare myself. So you had to cramp everything oh, up yeah. in one day? Oh, yeah. Isn't that hard? I mean, I love a good challenge, you know? And 
you know, when they when you're called to the base and to pinch hit, you better clutch, you know, mm-hmm. or if not, then better look next time, you know. Now, you're quite the historian. <laughs> Sometimes. For someone as young as you, so into the history of Puerto Rico. Mm. Yes. Um, are you planning to make any kind of um, movie about that, of all the information mm. that you have acquired? Like oh, yeah. what we had said outside before, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know who Pedro Albizu Campos is. And they should. And uh, tell us why do you think? Well, uh, I love this question because, you know, I've always felt that at some point in my career, I was going to start to tell these stories that really mattered uh, to the core of my existence. And so when I started learning about the history of Puerto Rico and the relationship between, you know, Puerto Rico and America... You know, I knew it wasn't good, but I didn't know it was going to be this dark, mm-hmm. you know, um, to all types of revelations for me, you know. And I think it's it's important to tell this history because it's it, it is history. These things really happened. Uh, and I think it for healing purposes also, we need to see it and then work through it. The the. The thing isn't to villainize anybody. It's just to say, well, this is just what happened. You know, right, it needs right. to be in the light. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm born and raised here in New York City, you know, but I was raised very Puerto Rican. Um, you know, my mother's as bawdy as they go, you know, uh, and then my father is also, but she's, you know. <sighs> um, and so I started looking into it and I, I realized it was important to tell this. Pedro Albizu Campos was our Martin Luther King, our Marcus Garvey. That's right. You know, he mm-hmm. had his own dream for the independence of Puerto Rico. Um, and, you know, he is the first Puerto Rican, if not the first Latino, um, who graduated from Harvard, you know, uh, top of his class. You know, the guy could have been anything he wanted, to be honest. Absolutely. And uh, he dedicated his life to the independence of Puerto Rico. And I think that's a that's such a life decision that has to be respected. Absolutely. You know, I mean there was there was a lot of activists. There you also have Ramon Batances. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean there are, are many, but it is kind of sad if you look at it that it's it's we only know American history here. Right. We don't know, you know, outside of that unless you know, Unless you're inquiring you on your own yeah, or exactly. it is taught somewhere, mm. but um, it, it is kind of sad that. Yeah. But it, and I think if you brought that out in a movie or something that's oh, more yeah. educative, you know, oh, yeah. it would really surprise people. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and just to touch on that a little bit more to give examples, for example, like. I like to go to the root. Oh, sorry. I like to go to the root of everything. Mm-hmm. And those were my questions. I like to right. have questions there. And it was like, you know, one of the stereotypes of Puerto Ricans is we always have our flag, right? Like, you know, it's yeah. a Puerto Rican when because they're going to have their flag somewhere, you know, if not everywhere. And uh, and then I, it made me wonder, like, why? Like, why is that? You know, and I, I know that every, you know, country is prideful, you know, of their flag. You know, Dominicans are 
part of theirs and Cuba pretty and so much forth. Really so forth. Everyone but why is the stereotype mm-hmm. around Puerto Ricans, right? Like, <laughs> we got flags from yeah. head to toe, from front to the back of the house. I used to see the, the flag out the window, the speaker, and all this right. salsa music like playing. It, I'm like, like, okay, I think they're Puerto Ricans. Right. Why do we go yeah. so hard? And that was the question. Yeah. And it, it couldn't just end with, well, we're prideful, you know? Um, and the truth is that it, 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 it wasn't just that. The truth is that there was a law um, called the Gag Law 53. And right, about the flag that we know, couldn't have. They tried to take mm-hmm. away the flag from us, literally. Right. They, they, this law said that you could not be caught with, I think the word was any paraphernalia of Puerto Rico. You couldn't listen to salsa music. You couldn't dance salsa. You couldn't, not a flag in sight. Anything Puerto Rico, they didn't, you, you would go to jail. And wow. for some people, it was up to 10 years. You go to jail for 10 years because you're holding your flag. Just listen kind to that. Kind of scary, right? Yeah. Just listen to that. That's, yeah. it's, that's insane. That's insane. You know? Well, and, and you see, now the U.S. has made the Puerto Rican flag actually more to the American flag, if you look at it. Because um, it's dark blue. You see the dark blue. blue. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I remember it was like the crystal blue a, of the water, which is my blue. favorite flag, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I have all three I, of Because yeah. I love the American flag to be the American flag. Right, right. And that's because yeah. we live in America. Yeah, right. But... I think the Puerto Rican flag should really be the way it used to be. That's just my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and the, the the truth is that the Puerto Rican flag actually took a lot of forms. There's, yes, it, uh, did. it did. The, you know, one of the initial flags of the island actually resembles the Dominican flag a little bit. Not in the... Yeah, in it, the, it has... You know, it the, the bandera the, de lares. De lares, de lares yeah. has it's that, the light yes. blue with the star yeah. on the up left. And, you know, it, it, it's like the Dominican flag, but it's the top but blue, you know, top But you know who I say is Puerto Rican and nobody realizes it? Who? Captain America. <laughs> Are you, you ever see? He's oh, wearing... The, his uniform is the oh, Puerto yeah. Rican flag. It, it absolutely I don't think res- anybody realizes it that. It resembles <laughs> that, you know. It definitely resembles that. And I actually have a, a character, or I like to have this persona, uh, Captain Boricua. And it, Captain I, Boricua. I put on the Captain America uh, oh, like, yeah. thing. And then, I, you know, I dress it up so that all you could see is just the flag part. Right. With the star. Of Captain America. But that's funny because Captain America looks more like the Puerto Rican flag. That might be an infringement there. I I don't know. Technically, (laughs) maybe, creatively. uh, But, you know, the sad truth is that America still owns Puerto Rico. Um, It's not a state. It's not its own uh, country. We are in some very gray area of Mm. colonization of, you know, territory it's weird um and there's that debate you know uh, because there's puerto ricans on the island that want to stay right. uh, and then there's puerto ricans over here that are like no it's got to remain its own country how will you go about you know being that you have the platform like a movie or a documentary if you will yes how will you get that message out oh man um it's it's really the purpose of why i became a creative you know, it goes back to that. I, I didn't do this because I wanted to be rich and famous. You know, these mm-hmm. things I think will come, you know, with the journey. If I get to do what I love at the highest level, then those things will just happen naturally. But for me, it really was about having a voice, having a platform to say, to give a perspective. 
right? And uh, speaking of documentaries, there's an awesome documentary right now called The Takeover. Um, and it's it's focusing on the young lords um, in their time when they took over the Lincoln Hospital in the Bronx. But that's a mm-hmm. whole nother story. It's Felipe Luciano. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, I mean, it's a tremendous documentary. I think it's getting... You know, there's talks, there's like Oscar nomination talks for it. It's a 40-minute documentary on YouTube. Make sure you get the New York, there's a couple of them. When you type mm-hmm. in the takeover, Young Lords documentary, make sure it's the New York Times one. There's a bunch on there. But oh, that's okay. the one. I forget the director's name. It's Emma something, forgive me. But she did a tremendous job with this story. And that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother piece of history mm-hmm. people don't know about. You know, when you exactly. think about political parties in, in America, you know, I think people always revert to the Black Panthers because they were such a huge, right. you know, well, in Puerto impact. Rico, we had the Populares and the PNP. Right. I mean, there was also La, La Nacionalistas. Nacionalistas, You right. know, the Nationalists and the Cadets of the Republic. Um, and they were political. So it's funny how I think Puerto Rico is very political. Very. Or I mean, even to the heart. I mean, it had to at some point just because of, you know, what we ended up having to deal with when America came in 1898. You see, it's so funny to me when people talk about, oh, but your government is corrupt. And I'm like, our government? What what you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you not realize that the government that is in place was placed there by who? You understand? It's mm-hmm. not like the Puerto Rican people came up with this system. You understand? Right. Uh, it wasn't for a bunch of years till we finally got our first uh, Puerto Rican governor and mayor, you know, um, which that's a whole nother deep, dark history. Um, but... It's just so funny to me because I'm like, it's, it's laughable because I'm like, our government? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the American government. They just started putting Puerto Ricans, you know, um, in, in place right. uh, now to be the face of this corruption. Um, but that, I, I digress. This is a whole other conversation. And so for me as an artist, you know, I want to make sure I can give perspective, you know, through a story. Um, not necessarily documentary. I would love for it to be a narrative, uh, you know, about something. And and this mm-hmm. is where my information and, and still doing the research ha- is still important. You know, I how know, important is our culture to you? It's very important. Um, you know, the same way Pedro Albizu Campos dedicated his life to something. I think every human being, in one direction or another, needs to make a life decision. Some, what are you dedicating your life to? Right. I mean, are we literally here to just catch a check every two weeks, every week? Do you, you know? think a non-Latino can capture our culture just as one of us could? Because I think if you look at Steven Spielberg, I think he did a great job with West Side Story. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of controversy, uh, controversy, mm-hmm. controversy around West Side Story, depending how you, uh, perspective. Everything right. is perspective, you know. Um uh, I love the film because of what it means to cinema, you know, how great of a story it is, how great it was done. Well, the story um, plot basically but, was a beautiful story. Right. Yeah. You know, but in the original, you know, there's a lot of talk about the representation of Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans right, right. Uh, for the first time, pretty much, in American cinema was this. Right. And you had the character of, you know, Rita Moreno, who's pretty much have Stockholm Syndrome. She's over here singing a song, you know, <laughs> talking bad about right. the Puerto Rican island, 
Um, and there's an awesome documentary about Rita Moreno, and she goes more into that and yes. how the song actually was. There written, was parts of the song she didn't want to sing. It yes, was, it, she, yes, she, she does mention it that. Was di- I mean, yeah. like it literally is yeah. disgusting. Yeah. You know, go and see that if you want to, or at least Google it. Um, it was, you know, the song that they had written was terrible, and so she had to finesse that with her own, I guess, uh, right. uh, uh, willpower because it was like. You want me to say this, but I won't. I won't say all of this, you know. Right, and, right. And you got to be able to compromise, you know. True, you true. know, it's to some point, you know. And so, you know, I just want for me, it's important to be able to tell our stories, you know, by us. I mean, can someone else tell it? I, I'm not sure. I can, you know, I, I wouldn't say no because anything with purpose has power. And if you have mm-hmm. passion for something, then there it is, right? It can mm-hmm. be anybody, an Asian, a white person, a black person who discovers this history and goes, oh, my God, I can't believe this exactly. actually happened in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the resources to tell this story, right? And and and, and, and if there's anybody out there, I, I would recommend then getting somebody who cares about telling right. this story and bringing them along. So tell us. Where can you be reached and how can you be reached? What are your future goals? What are you looking to do? Um, you know, I, uh, I I walk through faith and right now, you know, I think, you know, I need to, you know, continue to establish myself as a creative, as an actor. You know, I think it's one thing at a time almost. And in the future, you know, as, as I continue to grow, God willing, um, these stories will start to come out more and more. I have a bunch of peers right now that are working on film to tell this story, and it's great. Mm. And it won't stop me from telling it my way because it's all about perspective. Uh, and, and you're going to see coming in the near future, a lot of these Puerto Rican stories of Pedro Albizu Campos are going to start coming out mm. by serious filmmakers right. um, and Puerto Rican filmmakers. And so I have a lot of dreams, I have a lot of uh, goals, you know, even politically, like, you know, it, it doesn't end just in the creative space for me. I think you get to a point where, you you know, depending how hard you go to learn about something, you can enter a political right. space. I mm-hmm. think, you know, America's proof that you can... You know, somebody can go from one thing and to and, another and to another thing. I you see know? you have a shirt called La Llave Tequila. It's something Jave. you're promoting, huh? Shout out to Java Tequila, man. Um, yeah, I recently became an ambassador for Java Tequila, which is one of the smoothest, if not the smoothest tequila. And it comes out of Spanish Harlem. It comes out nice. of my neighborhood. You know what I mean? And um again, I'm all about community, especially my community. And Somebody, you know, it's funny, come, yeah, I've been doing this for 11 years, and it was a producer from, uh, I think, L.A., and they told me, like, listen, if you want to make it, right, like, you just got to make it in your neighborhood first. Your neighbor, like, Good advice. Like, get your neighborhood to know who you your are. Your community, yes. You, and, and, like, let them, you know, let that be your support system, and then once you have that, they'll come looking for you, and I always thought about that, you know, um... And so in, in learning about my history, my, my roots, right, like, this was a part of that. And so right. Java, this was meant to be. Java comes out of Spanish Harlem. I did a skit for one of my boys uh, who does, you know, he, he bakes, um, and he, he, uh, it was, he used the, the tequila for the cake, the Tres Leches cake, which is amazing, by wow. the way. And um, 
Then he told me, yo, you got to be my boy. Like, I could, I could introduce you to him. He, he, he owns Java Tequila, comes out of Spanish Harlem, long story short. And then, but months went by. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't speak to him. And then I ended up in a bar in Spanish oh, Harlem. Wow. And I, he walked in with his hat that said Java. And I said, wait a minute. I think I, I think maybe, and it was like, oh, and it kind of clicked. You know, he was yeah, like, yo. Oh, that's cool. And, and it happened naturally where I was like, I want to help you know, in any which way that I can. Um, and then more months went by and then, you know, I finally met his team and his team was like, yo, we're going to, we're going to do this thing and you're going to be an ambassador. And I was like, that's great. Thanks. Well, this half hour went actually pretty quickly. Yeah, but, no, uh, I definitely didn't get to. I want right. to thank you. I want to thank you for being on the show. And we'll do this again. I mean, Please. to be continued. I, oh, uh, absolutely, I would love to. You just you got my number. You call me. Let me know. <laughs> okay. Wanna, there was a lot of like to be continued uh, um, moments. You yes. Know, in so many definitely. topics. So. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you for being on the show. And this is Jackie Nunez for Entertainment Latino on 77 WABC. I would like to thank John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chat Lopez for the opportunity.